The Tar Heels land West Virginia transfer James Aconquo last week, and it's the front court depth I've been telling you the Tar Heels need. The question now becomes, is the roster complete for next season? You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Monday, July 10th, 2023. Welcome into the Locked On Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for joining us for today's episode. Coming up on the show today, man, we're going to look at the Tar Heels in Summer League. Matt Corbath got some great baseball news on Sunday night. Uh, but before we get to any of that, we do want to talk about James Aconquo. And first off, I want to say a word of apology for not being able to talk about him on Friday's show. Um, I was away and still am away on vacation with my family, traveling around with my wife, doing some ministry stuff, <clears throat> and had had to pre-record last Friday's show. And of course, that's what happens when you're gone and you pre-record is that uh, there's a commitment that happens. So my apologies for that. But as I said, on social media and elsewhere, we're going to talk about a conquo today. Also, if my background looks different, for those of you that are watching, I am actually coming to you from my parents' house in Tennessee. So uh, I'll be doing that all week, by the way. So get used to this background for a couple of days. Okay, let's get into Oconquo. I've said for a while... Since, since Carolina reached out to both of these potential West Virginia front court transfers in Mohamed Wagi and James Aconquo, I had said from the beginning that I preferred Wagi. Here's why. My opinion was and is that Wagi is more ready right now to help right now. But here's what I also want to say that I... Don't know that I've said, but I'll say it now is that <laughs> while Wagi, Wagi, excuse me, is, I believe, the more ready of the two currently, I think Okonkwo might have the higher ceiling of the two for what it is that he can accomplish. Um, and so it, it's this weird thing of for this upcoming season. You know, maybe Okonkwo has some stuff that he's ready to do and contribute. Um, but I think this is both a depth play and a more long-term investment for Hubert Davis and the Tar Heels. Um, you know, the part of this is about his relative youth as a basketball player. He grew up as a tennis player, uh, a fellow Brit. I, I was born in England, and so... Um, was a tennis player for a long time and has come to basketball in recent years. And in fact, is a young man himself. Um, it will be his junior season, but he actually um, reclassified two years and, and came early or went early to West Virginia, I should say. And so really interesting stuff. So because of those things, I believe that a Conquo is a low risk potential high reward type player in that definitely low risk, maybe high reward if you can get out of him, you know, training and development and the things you need to do that the Tar Heel coaching staff should be able to do with him. Now, 
here's the thing I've been saying all off season or at least a lot recently that Carolina really needs front court depth for a long time. I thought, you know, man, really need a four um, that somebody that could even be a starter. And that just proved to not be there, be available. And so it kind of turned into then the Tar Heels need backcourt depth to help Armando Baycott to be behind Jalen Washington, Jalen Withers, Harrison Ingram, who all, you know, Zayden High, who all ever it is that's going to be part of that front court rotation. The Tar Heels needed more bodies to help with that, particularly someone that could come in either along with or instead of Jalen Washington, if Washington's playing at the four or whatever it may be. And so for me, I I was like, hey, I am happy with Mac at the end from UCLA. I am happy with Wagi or Oconquo, either of these guys from West Virginia. Because again, it's not somebody that needs to come in and be like the dude. It's somebody that needs to come in and be able to give back or excuse me, front court depth minutes, which all three of those guys did last season at their various places. And it just turns out that Oconquo is the winner of that. Wagi uh, has gone elsewhere, and I believe Etienne is still in the transfer portal. Now, there's never any connection with Carolina and Etienne, but again. And so um, hear me say that what what I think is the big win in this with getting a Conquo is contextualizing it because, um, like I just said, he doesn't have to be the man or the dude. But with the proper expectations that you have for him of what you need out of him, I think he can deliver and give those things, whether that's just some spot minutes off the bench in the front court, whether it's getting some rebounds or some blocks. Uh, he can do that. He's got athletic capability. He's not, you know, the single most athletic guy um, that you're going to see in college basketball this year, but is athletic. And so um, hopefully he'll be ready to come right in and do a similar thing that he did at West Virginia the past couple of years. And maybe the more he grows, the more he will be able to contribute in that way. Uh, here's what's pretty crazy to me about, um, excuse me, what we're going to be able to get from Okonkwo is like, this guy hasn't even been to campus yet, right? And that worked out pretty well for Carolina last time that happened, which would be Brady Manick. Now, uh, everything I understand is that he still plans to come to campus later at the end of July after he finishes playing at the FIBA U20 Euro Championships or, you know, just at some point later this summer. So, hey, um, and man, as, as you start to think about it, the, the well was running dry if Carolina was going to get anyone else. Um, and to be frank with you, had this Bob Huggins situation not gone down, I don't know who or if Carolina would have gotten anyone. So call it fortuitous, serendipitous, whatever word you want to use. It worked out in the Tar Heels' favor, and they're able to get um, somebody that can be helpful for the Tar Heels um, this season is another front court body. And so, again, not sure what would have happened if the Bob Huggins situation hadn't happened, but it did, and we'll take it. So um, a little bit more, if you haven't heard or didn't hear me talk about last week when we talked about James Aconquo on T 
Tuesday's show, but he's 6'8". However, he kind of plays bigger than 6'8". Like somebody that I legitimately think Carolina might put at the five on occasion next season and feel comfortable with that because he's got a longer than seven foot wingspan and has some requisite girth is two thirds. He's got a couple years of eligibility left um, in terms of what, what he can bring. I think he's somebody, he's not going to be a high level scorer all the time, although he'll, he'll contribute in that way. But what I really look for from him is not the same probably defensive presence that I would have looked for from Wagi, but will be able to go get a bunch of rebounds. We'll be able to block shots. Um, even though it's been in small sample sizes, his block rate, for example, his block percentage has been high and, and is somebody that you project and hope will be able to do good things with that. Now, he's not going to be a stretch four type. He's not much of a three-point shooter. Um, and uh, so, so that's what you're looking at is, again, somebody – in uh, James Oconquo, who's going to be able to come to Chapel Hill and and do um, just role-playing things right now. And with the right development, who knows what could happen. Okay, so what does this mean for the shape and scope of Carolina's roster next season? What will his role be? What is he doing right now in the FIBA championships? We're going to look at all that in just a second. But first, this episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by our friends at Bird Dogs. Bird Dog shorts are going to make you look good this summer, whatever it is that you're doing. Their stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of like stiff, restricting fabrics like cotton. And Bird Dogs fix that issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you get a slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement this summer. Bird Dogs also uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long and I need that. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on college right now or enter promo code locked on college for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. Once again, that's birddogs.com slash locked on college or promo code locked on college for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. All right, you everydayers, thanks so much for being here with us on Locked on Tar Heels. Make sure you join us all week long on the show. If you have a listener question, I want to remind you of a new way you can submit that. Email us, LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. Just 10 to 15 seconds with your name, where you're from, and give us your question. You can do it in portrait or landscape mode. Either is fine. All right, folks, here's what I want to get into. Now you know it wouldn't be a conversation about somebody coming or going from the program without a look at the Isaac Shade um, scholarship chart. So for those of you watching, I'm pulling that up right now so you can see how that has adjusted following Oconquo's commitment. Obviously, there are now two scholarships left, and congrats to Harrison Ingram. You are not now the only junior as part of this roster. Let me run it down. Um, for those of you who aren't aware, college basketball teams can have, or men's college basketball teams, I should specify, get 13 full-ride scholarships. 
and can use as many or as few of those as they see fit. Um, let me run it up from the freshman all the way to the three fifth-year players. Elliot Cadeau and Zayden High are the freshmen. Two of the four um, sophomores, or two of last year's four freshmen are coming back as sophomores. That's Seth Trimble and Jalen Washington. I just joked about it a second ago, but there's two juniors now, Harrison Ingram and um, Mr. James Conquo. So that's six. And then two seniors on the team, RJ Davis and Jalen Withers. Although both of those guys have COVID eligibility and meaning they could come back for one more year. And then uh, the final group are the three fifth year guys, Armando Baycott, Cormac Ryan, and Paxson Wojcik. So that's 11 total scholarship players currently on the roster and where things stand today. I'm going to leave that up so that those of you who are watching the show can continue to check that out as you'd like to. Okay, so uh, the question for me becomes then, as you think about the scope of that roster, the shape of it, what will James Aconquo's role be this season? Well, I, you know, kind of alluded to it already. I foresee him playing backup type minutes. I don't see him being a starter barring injury or just a complete blow up from him that we didn't expect to see coming. But I think that he could rotate in as needed at either front court position, depending on what lineup Coach Davis is wanting to go with. Um, but I, I see that capability there from him. Keep in mind, this is something Coach Pat Kilby and I have talked about, is that we've seen injuries from Armando Baycott, whether it's his ankles or whatever it is. And, man, you need as much depth in the front court as you can get. And right now, there's just not a ton. Well, prior to James Oconquo's coming, there just wasn't a ton. But now you get some more of that. So Jalen Washington, Oconquo, these other guys that I mentioned earlier, um, but I, I would look at Washington and Aconco as the main guys backing up Armando. <laughs> the other thing when you think about role with Aconco is that he is a young guy, started college at 17 and, uh, you know, was still kind of getting used to America, had been over for a little bit. But, I mean, that that's a real thing. Even though it is his native language, you got to process all those things. Um, man, you know, we, we so often think about thinking about his role this year, like what's he going to do in a game? How might he get in the bench? And I, I think we think so often about the walk-ons as the people that provide help in practice. Keep in mind, sometimes some of the scholarship guys, that is going to be their best asset right now. And so perhaps the best function, the best thing James Aconquo can do currently is provide, you know, not the same height as Armando Baycott, but um, some, some body size to go up against Mondo in practices and, and keep him sharp and keep an edge on him. And so that, that might honestly be a big, one of the biggest parts of Aconquo's role this season. But you project ahead, you know, assuming he would stay around for his senior year in Chapel Hill. What might he do in a senior year? Um, and again, somebody he does not have COVID eligibility. So next next season, 24-25 would, would necessarily be his last. And, you know, I mean, I think a lot of that's going to depend on what his development is this year. Is he someone that with the development in the Carolina system, 
could utilize his athleticism and the other things he's good at, become a big time rebounder, become more of a shot blocker. Carolina hasn't just really, frankly, hasn't had much of that in recent years. What, what can he do in that regard for the Tar Heels? And so somebody that legitimately could carve out a bigger role for himself um, if, if his development continues in the way it projects to be able to do so. So we look at that. Now, here's what's really interesting is we, we've known the West Virginia version of him, and you can go look up his stats on that. But what, what's interesting right now is he's playing a little bit of a bigger role currently. He, as we've talked about, is from England. And part of the reason we anticipated him going um, or waiting to come to Chapel Hill until the end of the month, the 24th, was that he was trying out for England's under-20 FIBA team for the European Championships, which started last Friday. He made that team, and they've played, as of this recording, three games. They played Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. They're off today, Monday, and will play in group games again tomorrow on Tuesday. But Akonkwo on this team is actually playing a bigger I say a bigger, a much bigger role than he did at West Virginia has started all three games. Um, England, unfortunately, has only won one of them. But let me just take you through some of his stat lines because it's encouraging. Fridays, uh, England won 72, 63 over Austria. He played 29 minutes, 12 points, 10 rebounds. Yes, that's a dub-dub. Five for nine shooting from the floor and 0 of one from three. Uh, two of four from the free throw line, not great there. He's about a career 60% shooter. Had two turnovers, but three blocks. Then Saturday, the Brits lost to Portugal, 63-56. Aconco, again, started, played 26 and a half minutes, five points, 10 rebounds, two of six shooting, 0 of one from three, one of one from the line. Now here's a little concerning, six turnovers and one block. And then on Sunday, yesterday, uh, England lost 67-60 to Luxembourg, and this this is the big game for a Conquo. You ready for this? In 31 minutes, played or scored 19 points, grabbed 13 rebounds. Yeah, a 19-13 dub dub. I love to see that. Nine to 15 from the floor, so more than 50 percent. 0 of two from three, so not not so much success there in this tournament so far. One of two from the free throw line, one assist. But here once again. Six turnovers on Saturday. He had eight on Sunday. Got to tidy that up. I know it's just a, a championship or whatever, but still you want to see the guys being tight with that. But again, I'm encouraged looking at what he's done with bigger uh, production time. Double-double on Friday, 12 points, 10 rebounds. Not double-double Saturday, but did get double-digit rebounds with 10. And then the 19 and 13 double-double on Sunday. I mean, this guy is putting up numbers. Now, we have to say this. It is not the main uh, division of these Euro championships. He's playing in the B division, but still, he's going out and doing this. And so, uh, encouraged to hear and see that with a bigger sample or, you know, more minutes played. And I, I, I don't believe he'll get that just because of opportunity and who's in front of him this year. But, but it is going to be great experience for him and provide great depth for the Tar Heels. Now, as we've said, Carolina has 11 scholarships uh, handed out in this class. I know you got to get a Conquo technically signed still, but you hear my point. 
still two scholarships out there. And the question becomes, are they done? I posed that off the top of the show in the cold open. At this point, I would say yes, and that they'll give those final two scholarships to walk-ons. But here's the thing, folks. In, in this day and age, you just don't know. You know, we're, we're all kind of giving it our best guess out here. And um, uh, until school starts and everyone's enrolled, we, we won't know. that That is the new lay of the land, unfortunately. And so I will say the Tar Heels are going to be done, but we'll have to wait and see. And you'll wait with me and we'll all know together. Um, and so we'll have to keep our eyes on those final two scholarships and what will happen with them. Well, I've got some Summer League updates for you from some former Tar Heels and some great news from the world of baseball from Matt Corbath. Coming up in just a second. All right, as I said, we're going to get to some Summer League results and just some thoughts I have on that. But I first want to congratulate Matt Corvath on being drafted in the 2023 MLB draft. He went in the second round, 53rd overall to the Orioles. So, Great stuff there from Mac. Excited to see what happens next in his life. Okay, so Summer League is going on for the NBA. You might or might, it, it might be a little bit confusing to wade through it all because there's these multiple leagues, so let me help set it up. Last week, we had the California Classic, and then we had the Salt Lake City Summer League. Those are just kind of mini truncated leagues. Not all the teams are there, so you kind of like, cool, great, whatever, some experience. But last Friday actually began the NBA full 30 team summer league that takes place in Las Vegas with all 30 NBA teams there. And then you eventually get to a champion. And so this is what I like to, you know, I like to watch the other stuff, but I like to really dial in uh, more on the actual Las Vegas league. And so um, let me take you through these four guys, the two guys that um, came through this year's class being Leaky Black and Pete Nance. And then we'll look at guys that have been around a little bit longer. By that, I mean Brady Manick and Garrison Brooks. Um, we'll start with Leaky, who's obviously with the Hornets. The Hornets have played twice now. They played Friday, uh, lost to the Spurs, played Sunday, lost to the Lakers. Unfortunately, Leaky got DNP coaches' decisions on both of those games. So... Uh, you know, that's not the most encouraging thing in the world in, in terms of hoping for uh, good amounts of playing time for him this season, but it's leaky. He's going to continue working hard, so we'll keep our eyes on, on the games there. As for Pete Nance, he has been getting playing time with the Cavaliers, who have also played twice Friday and Sunday. On Friday, they beat the Nets 101-97, and on Sunday, they beat the Raptors 99-76. Pete got um, between 15 to 20 minutes in both of those games. On Friday, had uh, just shy of 16 and a half minutes, five points, two rebounds, a steal, and no turnovers. That's always encouraging for a big man. And then on Sunday, 19 and a half minutes, 11 points, three of seven shooting. All three of those were three, so great to see Pete knocking down some threes. Two for two from the free throw line, five rebounds, two assists, a block, and again, no turnovers. So some great showings from Pete, and hopefully, you know, I mean, it's just tough because um, teams already have a good idea of what they want to do, and so you got to come out and really um, shock them and take them by surprise. Now, as for the other guys that have been out there a little bit longer, Brady on Brady Manic, I should say, is playing with the Hawks on Friday. The Hawks lost to the Kings 80 to 76. However, 
Brady Manick in 18 and a half minutes was the Hawks' leading scorer with 17 points, second highest in the game. Homeboy shot 6 of 11 from the field, 5 of 10 from deep. Two rebounds, a steal, a block, and three turnovers. A really nice stat line there for Brady. And then on Sunday, last night, um, the Hawks won over the Nuggets, 98 to 93. And uh, Brady once again played 18 and a half minutes, four of seven from the field, one of two um, from the three-point line, one of one from the free throw line, six rebounds and assists, two blocks and no turnover. So a nice showing there from Brady Bird. As for Garrison Brooks, he's been getting playing time for the Pelicans. Uh, two games from them, again, Friday and Sunday. On Friday, Garrow, 15-45, nine points, four or five from the floor, uh, three Three rebounds, two assists, a block, and two turnovers. And then last night, Sunday night, they beat the Warriors in the nightcap 94-86. 17 minutes played for Garrison. Six points, perfect from the field, perfect from the free throw line. Six rebounds and assists, a steal, two blocks, and two turnovers. So a nice rounded out uh, box score there for Garrison as well. But here's what I really, really want to hone in on here for a minute. Is that just, I keep going back to Brady Manic. This dude, like the NBA values shooting so much. And, and this dude has great positional height, can shoot and shoot and shoot. And he's proven it over and over and over again. And I just don't see why a team won't take a chance. And I know he's not the most athletic guy. I know his defense um, is somewhat lacking, but you know, can can hold his own well enough. Um, it just seems like at some point somebody would want to take a chance. But here's the thing with the NBA. It is so, so difficult to make the league. And so I get that and I hear it. But we'll keep our eyes on it. We'll see what happens with Brady going forward. Uh, by the way, a quick fun note. You know, I said I've been traveling. Uh, our family's been driving around. My wife and I and our two kids and uh, kind of been unintentionally making a tour through Tennessee. But in our travels, we just finished off the Beartown Trilogy by Friedrich Bachmann, and it is phenomenal. For those of you who like Friday Night Lights, either the book or the show or even the movie, um, this is kind of like the hockey version of Friday Night Lights. And so would really encourage you to check it out if uh, you might think you would be interested in that. All right, friends, it's a great day to be started back up with a new week of Locked on Tar Heels. Can't wait to be checking back in with you all week. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Heels. You can follow me on Twitter at Isaac Shade. Email the show once again, LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show, smash the like button, and leave your comments on your thoughts on a Conquo joining the Tar Heels or these NBA guys. Well, really can't wait to get back with you on tomorrow's show. But for now, let me remind you, it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. We'll talk again tomorrow, like I said. But until then... Peace.